Network Radio. This week's show is a journey into consciousness, working through the wonderful trance mediumship of Mick and Sylvie Avery, with wisdom brought through by spirit guide Gregory Hay. To find out more about their work, you can visit www.spirit-teaching.com. A very warm welcome to Gregory and the White Cloud Group for another episode of Journeys into Consciousness on the spiritguides.co.uk network radio. It's always a pleasure to have you on board. Thank you very, very much, my dear friend Ian, for inviting us into this uh, journey of yours. You're most welcome. As we head towards Christmas, I just thought I'd ask some seasonal questions. We've got plenty of questions tonight as well from our audience that um, yeah. have kindly sent uh, some wonderful questions in, which we'll get onto uh, afterwards. I mean, basically, on Earth, we tend to celebrate various religious holidays, such as Christmas, which is fast approaching. Obviously, with many religions, there is a tendency for man to add and subtract various teachings by the victors of history. Do spirit celebrate these holidays with us, and how much of the true message is still intact today as we celebrate this holiday? Well, my dear friend, each celebration of each being's religion or religious study or pursuit belief system, however that is perceived by one and all, is actually a chance for those on our side of life to react in different ways. There are those on our side of life who, within their physical journey, that they actually adopted some of these religious stances and holidays and pursued them with great relish. And in that respect, it is, in a sense, that they bring memories to those beings of their physical journey. And that means also, in exactly the same kind of celebration as those of your loved ones on our side of life, will celebrate the, um, perhaps, birthdays or, or other kinds of uh, situations, marriage unions, different situations that happened in the physical side of life that you are remembering so that it will be that energy is then for these people in the same way reciprocated. So it's in a sense when you are going through the Christmas time period and that for some of you who are use that as a deeply religious symbol within your understanding, that is then something that is echoed and returned back to you by those in the spirit world who follow the same situation, have the same kind of disciplines within their current life in the spirit world. It isn't that everything is left and abandoned once they or we all come to our side of life. It is in actual fact that many of the uh, pursuits of physical life still adopt and are transitioned within the consciousness of that spirit icon, because after all, the spirit is, is carrying, in a sense, the, uh, the whole consciousness journey of that being when they were physical, when they were human. Now, on the other hand, if you are talking about others in the spirit world who may were not assigned to that religious understanding, pursuit or study or belief, then it will be that we will use that energy as a kind of a, an, an, an enabling quantity to bring about pursuits of peace and love 
toward other beings who otherwise have been denied it within their conscious physical journey. So in a sense, it's a time of great healing, the Christmas time, as in actual fact are many of the other different kinds of disciplines and, and uh, 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 religious celebrations, however they are manifested on the physical side of life. They are, in, in effect, the same kinds of, of sharing and giving of energy to one another, perpetrated by much of the universe of non-physical matter. If you could choose a message today from the teachings uh, from the various different Bibles, which message today really stands out as being pertinent? The greatest? Or the most relevant, or, you know, it still holds true today that people can really take away yes. and use in their daily life. Yes, love thy neighbour as thyself. And that's really sort of talking about unity, isn't it? You know, treating your neighbour as yourself, isn't it? Complete unity, my dear friend, regardless of colour, regardless of their religious understanding or indoctrination at that time. Not forgetting that many of these actually perpetrate the islanding of a human mind, of a, a human uh, uh, being as some kind of sacrifice. And that, I feel, is where these great uh, disparaging states of disunity are created. They say one thing within the heart of love thy neighbor as thyself, and yet at the same time advocate war and destruction on others who think differently, or banish them to the evil pursuits of the uh, one-dimensional uh, non-event that is supposed to be evil, or oh, however that is perceived. So for us, my dear friend, that is the single most identifying and unifying, uh, how can I say, creed, if you like, the way that in actual fact across all groups, all tribes, all manner of being, whether human or other animal, this should be the same held, is to respect one another's lives and their interpretation, their willingness to view their life in a certain way, as long as it does not infect or take life away from others. Okay, thank you very much on that question. Moving on now, really it's just a, a quick question around the weather that people are feeling. Yes. There seems to be a lot of um, reports on the internet from perhaps alternative scientists or researchers. So not reading it a lot in the mainstream media, but some seem to be drawing a parallel that there might be a mini ice age on the way. Um, and even perhaps that it could be um, due to either changes in the sun due to low uh, lack of sunspot activity, or there could have been, there could be drastic changes to the loop current or the, you know, the Gulf stream. Just wonder what, what you could uh, elaborate on that. Yes, my dear friend, you must, we all must remember the Earth is a wobbly planet. It wobbles from one situation to another because it's under stress. Stress comes from many different harbors, from many different uh, situations, created partly by the chemical structure that is 
its inhabitation within the present physical universe. These harbors come from the sun, as you rightly point out, more sunspot activity, lesser sunspot activity, various different solar flares, other disruptions, both creating uh, uh, different kinds of energies which come to flood the planet or move other kinds of um, chemical balances away from the present planet of Earth. So you have these different situations which then create different uh, effects upon the planet. At one point, we have and we uh, observe that in actual fact, the jet stream and the fact of it being slightly uh, moved and manipulated into a different orbital state means that in this respect, that actually what you're seeing is a repetition of events over the last uh, uh, 60 years, perhaps, and then over the last 40 years, and then over the last 120 years. So you're seeing different kinds of events which are mirrored throughout history, not necessarily in the exactly same time zone structure. That means it's not every 40 years or not every 60 years, but that these elliptical states come almost seemingly as though they're in a random pattern, but actually the synergy, the synergy of it is really to do with the fact that if you take a wave variation, you can see that the wave variation will be taut at times, therefore the wave will be less, meaning that the stresses at north and south will be differently placed, so therefore the way in which the wave behaves will be different. That means that uh, the less or more exaggerated forms of climatic change will be greater or lesser enhanced depending upon where you live. And yes, it's true to say that at times you will have scenarios where over perhaps three or four years in a cycle that there will be a very great and extreme drop in temperature, yet it is still endemic that the warming of the planet and the, uh, the uh, uh, alteration of the ozone layer and everything else of the cycles of chemical reaction in between that are continuing to play their part. This is still more evidence, believe it or not, of the continuation of the warming of the planet. It was always going to be that the marching of this situation was going to create, be created by the extenuating circumstances of one energy or another. One set of chemicals or another were going to uh, create more uh, greenhouse gases, more glasshouse effect, uh, methane rising, the whole carbon situation signature, which is actually redoubling in a sense simply because more and more humans are breathing, being born, and uh, continuing to exhaust the planet itself. So you are having, instead of applying one rigorous uh, platform, one rigorous measurement to everything, you are having to recalculate every year, or every two years, or three years, simply because the whole magnification of it 
is out of polarity. It's not actually something that can be measured year upon year upon year. It is a system, a cyclonic system, which then has different kinds of cycles moving within it. And it will depend upon the current chemical combustion and combination that is set upon the planet in various different places upon the planet, which then dictate how the energies and the different pressures exerted within the planet in its atmospheric condition will then bring about change for that next given time of perhaps four or five months cycles or something similar to that, maybe over a few years, but no more than that. But the general trend is still in the greenhouse gas emission situation and the gradual heating of the planet. So that means to say that for some people, they will be dissuaded by this whole situation argument purely and simply because they think it's just too cold for it to be real. And therefore, it must then obviate that all of the rest of the claims and counterclaims of greenhouse gas emissions and everything else is just hokum. It isn't. So the point is that you still have the planet to deal with. You still have the infrastructure that you have to calm in order then for you to see perhaps over a 15, 20 year cycle that it really has done its work. It will be that the actual wave elements of this, uh, as brave as you might like for some of you to claim this one state or another, and I don't decry it. You are entitled to your belief and pursuit. My point, however, is that you have to look in a more rational term, not in a sort of a, uh, oh, well, that means this. It doesn't. It's the general situation is that you are still uh, creating so many uh, methane gas outputs from the hundreds of millions of cattle that are bred tirelessly and ceaselessly upon the planet, that that is actually having a dramatic and counterproductive claim. And that in actual fact, you will see that at times you will have very long periods of absolutely dire consequential uh, temperatures that result in freezing. And in other years, you will have immense warming and great fires and all the rest of it that are coupled to it. Nothing, however, to do with the cycle of or the efficacy of uh, tectonic plate movement. That's something else. Tectonic plate movement tends to happen either through sunspot activity or very specific activity being brought from the sun, which then creates a more shuddering impact uh, to the planet itself. That is, I'm talking about uh, tectonic plate movement, which is not already precursor as part of the living planet condition. So the other activities that happen, which are above that cycle of planetary condition, are in a sense usually going to be f through either uh, fierce sunspot activity or various other different kinds of sun active state, which then initiate it or it's because of its own embolism, its own uh, condition of readjustment that it has to make simply because of the pressures it puts upon itself as a crust-like yeah. structure. So do you know if there are any problems with the currents though, like the Gulf, uh, the North Atlantic Rift? 
or the loop current in the Gulf of Mexico or coming out of the... Uh, yes, yes, my dear friend. I do understand that there are some problems. Uh, partly this was actually due to the uh, resalination, the difference that is happening actually to the uh, sea, to the oceans, and various different oceans have a different salination point, which is actually why it is that some species, if you captured, for example, some species uh, from the Great Barrier Reef and put them in a different ocean, even if the temperature was the same, they would simply would drop dead because the salination point is completely different. So that means to say also that this has a knock-on effect for example, the kinds of conditions of water as it runs into various different oceans, that will have a, a catatonic effect, in a sense, upon uh, the, the whole uh, uh, situation of the Gulf Stream, for example. It's, very, it's something that is very tied to salination, desalination, and the effects of agricultural runoff from the Mississippi Delta area, and everything that comes into the Gulf of Mexico. So that's, in a sense, a part of that knock-on situation and tradition. So obviously the, the Corexit dispersant obviously hasn't helped. No, oh no, absolutely not. I totally agree with you, friend Ian. Uh, the whole dispersant situation carried out within the Gulf of Mexico is absolutely abhorrent. And the numbers of, not just to mention the numbers of creatures that have passed because of it, but actually uh, uh, the, the amounts of poisonous uh, uh, states which have then been created, uh, which are having dire consequences upon different plant life and animal life that live there, and also the, uh, will then obviously have a dramatic effect, I would have to say, still ongoing toward the Gulf of Mexico and how that then has an impact upon uh, Europe and um, the, the islands of uh, England and, and Scotland, Ireland and Wales. Mm. Okay, thank you. Okay, I guess I have a question now, just moving on from that one. Can Gregory explain to me whether raising the Kundalini to the point of what is referred to as Samadhi or Sam Samadhi yeah sure yep or living death meditation is dangerous would you need a teacher of highest of the highest type to achieve it safely or is this simply a ruse to keep only a few enlightened i'm not personally seeking seeking to achieve enlightenment this way simply trying to achieve a better state of being and connecting to the pure beautiful spirit as gregory rec recommends yeah. but would like to know the dangers of projection from the dense body if it occurs well, projection from the dense body into this other ethereal state, in a sense, is a bit like saying, well, if I read this poem uh, enough times and recite it within my mind and my uh, uh, whole aura uh, ex is extended within and through and to beyond the present physical universe in which I am sat and then into other realms of light duality, am I then going to become an enlightened, an enlightened being? I think not. So the whole situation and condition from this is tending to be one of domination. One of, I do this thing, which is a, a scribe of magic in a sense, but also a scribe of earth reality because someone's obviously done it in the past. And that entitles them to then ascribe a certain belief system or situation, which is then uh, there for others, other adherents to take on in their own perspective and their own 
conscious physical way. Is it going to kill you? Well, my dear friend, jumping off a bus might kill you. Uh, running off a cliff might kill you. The condition of what you do within your mind and how you extend your own physical energy into your primal state and uh, in in a sense, in an attempt to control the surges of energy in order to then release endomorphines, which then enable you to feel that you have become an enlightened being, is not necessarily all it's cracked up to be. It won't kill you. It might send you mad and put you in the funny farm. However, I feel that is exactly the same as someone who perhaps sits in on a seance and should not because they are not of the right conjecture, are not of the right energy, or simply have not within their mind to actually be able to contain it, don't you see? So the condition then becomes, if you have a person who sits in a seance and screams throughout the entire journey, that is being done in their name, that is not entertainment, but is, so for example, a situation where you have a, a physical seance or something like that, and someone who really doesn't understand it or get it, then what they're doing is they go completely mental, and they're screaming or whatever, just because the spirit energy or entity comes close to them. And it's like their worst possible nightmare. So for some people who want to measure their interpretation of what is supposed to be enlightenment and engaging in that way, may perceive that as a happiness platform and may in actual fact, in all good consciousness, want to bring this out as a way of release and relief for themselves and to find their divine light. That is entirely their choice and they're choosing. It's a bit like saying, I suppose, that if you as a white Northern European went to North America and you sit in a, um, in a sweat lodge with 20 other people, something that you've never ever done before, and you entertain and move into that vibration and energy of which you know not really very much because you haven't entertained it before. Uh, it may be that you read about it in books, but it's nothing like going into it as a physical being. And the whole transitory journey and the energy of it is really to do with letting go of the conscious state so that you are at one with your ancestors. That's the primal cause reason. So that you find real, true love within your ancestral heritage that makes you safe and feel loved beyond all measure on a physical voyage. Part of the reason why it is that native North American people, when they go into a sweat lodge, it's like coming home to them. I agree totally. Wonderful experience. But for Northern Europeans to then move into that energy and think that that's nothing to it, I'll just sit there and sweat for a bit and then coming out again four hours later or something, feeling uh, enlightened and blessed, like all of the uh, uh, native peoples who do it uh, along with you. And then are surprised when someone dies from the experience. Of course, 
anyone is going to be in that environment, out of their own environment, into a soup of something else, is in a sense going to be placing their condition at the whim, at the risk of having that situation overcome them. So it's something that whatever you do, you have to build up to it. If you want and feel that moving into this uh, different depth of understanding and surreal opportunity open to you because you feel that this is your en enlightenment course and pathway, so be it. Don't feel, however, pressured or pressurized by someone else who shares that opportunity and puts pressure on you to then behave like they do or go the same pathway as they do or take the same journey as they do. That is not enlightenment. That is simply wanting to uh, move into a state whereby you feel better than someone else. True enlightenment is not chained to an act of um, to an actual act of nurturing in a sense of I am doing this because I want to be enlightened. True enlightenment happens only to those who love their pure state of being, of acknowledgement, of thankfulness, of gratitude, of divine love for their journey. However that is represented at any breath or moment or any contemplation that comes with it has to be from the divine act of love. Not for what you cease to be in the eyes of someone else. Okay. So, so basically it's about living that way, isn't it? Yes. About living... You know, that, enlightenment, that's, compassion, love, gratitude, rather than seeking it, but living it. That's right. Absolutely so, Fred Ian. And that is all that it is. It is not another thing, not another uh, book, not another certificate that you have to obtain in order to say that you have achieved it. It is the happiness within the glowing pores of your skin, within the embrace of love for every breath of life you take okay thank you that's a, an amazing answer and you kind of um really i guess opening the show on being christmas and the life of jesus i guess that's the kind of life that it seems that man lived absolutely as he did yes ian absolutely that doesn't mean to say that then that the acolytes to that life should repeat that life it is that they should live the life of their own and celebrate it in the same way, in the same way that Jesus was and still is complete compassion without choice, without favor of color, of skin, without favor of religious act, act, antidote or religious belief. Jesus is not a Christian. You see? 
Indeed. Yeah. Is, he is a being of the planet, mm. energy of the planet who learnt to love beyond the gifts of self. Okay. All right. We've got some more questions now. This is around the, the topic of DNA that someone sent in. Yes. So there's quite a few here. Um, yes, of course. Okay, right. Although I'm aware that viruses, radiation and carcinogenic chemicals can damage our DNA, some people talk about it being possible for your DNA to be positively changed. For example, I've read that some Russian scientists, e.g. Geriev, propose wave genetics more accurately explains our genetics than today's conventional genetics, where apparently 2% of DNA is used, the other 98% written off as junk. Wave Genetics says that the other 98% is not junk, but a supercode of a higher level than the genes we know of. This higher level is the wave level and is quasi-intelligent. It also proposes that light, sound, e.g. sound therapy, and even affirmations can heal our DNA. Yeah. What does Gregory think of this theory? To a point, I would agree. To a point. Only to a point because... It's subject to other beings, to other beings' energy. It's like when you as a being walk into a room and there is an argument that's taken place uh, sometime before it, but you still feel the energy of it. That then has an actual effect upon your DNA, upon your balance of well-being. You feel it in the pit of your stomach. It's not just something that happens to your uh, uh, to your mind or your mentality as something that you picked up, oh, don't be so stupid, sort of thing, that it's then some psychic embolism, but that in actual fact, it's a reality that then happens to the very vulnerable states of your genetic, of your genetic uh, uh, whole chain of events. So it's, it's also something I have to say that Part of this that has not been picked up is really it's to do with the cycles of, GN, of DNA which are inherent within the ancestry of all of those beings who worked up to this point in the cycle. And it means to say that for some human beings, when they're living a current physical life, what actually happens to them is a lot of their conditioning is actually through their DNA memory that came through from past generations, from, from previous situations and events that happened during their lives and their structure. So it means to say that part of what happens within the healing cycle is that not that you use uh, or demand forgiveness for these other cycles of inefficiency for the DNA and uh, uh, therefore get caught up in that, it's really a matter of beings being able to transform themselves in the current now so that their ability to heal and re-energize self is taken in a different way, a different course, not therefore succumbing to previous patterns, previous uh, 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 situations which have then enhanced or or created defiance within the DNA pattern. What I'm talking about here is that if you take, for example, going back to North American peoples, that their ancestral melody and the whole situation surrounding different tribal cycles has been that 
up until the advent of Northern Europeans who settled in their living condition, they were actually all moving through different cycles of violence, non-violence, tribal threat and non-tribal threat, which then gave balance to their DNA and their ability to happily coexist within the structure of flora and fauna in which they found themselves upon the earth. This meant that they actually found a very pleasurable living condition, even though they had some strange, funny habits and some uh, quite different attitudes toward different uh, uh, energies, different gods, different spirit icons, which were really to do with the animal magic of their planet, that they didn't, they only related to in certain ways. I'm not saying that any of this was wrong. I'm just saying that this was the pattern of their DNA structure, which then enabled uh, certain elements of this structure to be consistently relived throughout different and subsequent generations of that tribal history, even though it may well be that some parts of that tribal history actually brought in white New northern Europeans, or maybe even uh, uh, people who were black and from Jamaica or somewhere else upon the planet, you see? Then you have these different structures, which were actually positive because they usually were with people who then adopted this tribal custom as more of their own language and inner knowing. And that meant that their DNA actually became more altered, not just because of what there was on the skin of it, but uh, the actual patterns of their energy and how they thought. So it means that when you are dealing with patterns of emergent energy, such as to deal with within healing, it means that you have to understand more about the cycle and the advancement or decay of that genetic model and how it has been that genetic model has um, actually structured itself and created pathways of antipathy whereby they were not uh, susceptible to certain kinds of energies of emotion that perhaps some people find very accustomed to and are very driven by simply aren't bathing in the same energy. And so what you have is, is part of the reason, incidentally, why it is that homeopathic medicine doesn't work in the same way within all peoples, in exactly the same way that uh, modern medicine, which depends upon uh, clinical or chemistry uh, augmentation so that they actually create that as a different pathway. It simply doesn't wash and that many conditions are in, in, inseparable in that respect that you will still have that northern uh, Europeans won't succumb in the same way to uh, diabetes uh, types 1 and 2 as the way in which uh, North American native peoples, tribal peoples do uh, or any other Inuit being for example because purely and simply their genetics are not leaning in that way, are not able to cope with the various different food groups and situations that are thrown up by different standards of living condition. So when you are dealing with healing to do with uh, these kinds of models, you have to look at it in a different picture, a completely different cycle. And I agree with the premise that the 98% really of this uh, waveform of understanding DNA and uh, in a sense, almost like telekinesis, really 
in as much as is a different way of viewing cell-like structure or cell memory. That means that it becomes a different kind of energy balance that you need to operate with in order to really truly understand it and bring wellness to that being. Yeah, I've got quite a few questions on this topic, so I'll just try and get through them. Yes, some people, some people claim that our so-called junk DNA is responsible for psychic abilities. Is this true? No. Or it's not true? No, it isn't. No, not at all. No. The whole situation about psychic ability is actually to do with not who you are genetically. It is to do with you as a spirit having a physical existence. Does it get through to the conscious physical ba base or is it stopped by the conscious physical base? Is it going to be a situation where the cycle is that the physical being entity enables and is not fearful or maybe fearful but there's still intrepidity in their behavior so that means that they're willing to explore and open up to that kind of different energy that is non-physical. All beings on the physical world have abilities which are to do with the spirit world. That's nothing to do with DNA, that's just to do with the cycle of spirit having a human physical experience. In exactly the same way that dogs, cats and many other animals have too. Okay, also, um, is the double helix or two-strand DNA structure a common feature of all physical life on this planet and elsewhere in the universe? And is talk of additional DNA strands being possible in humans, as silly as it sounds? There's a lot of talk about having upgrading to more DNA strands. I have more DNA than you have. I have more structure to me, more ancient wisdom. Thank you very much because my light body is more light than your light body. The whole perplexing paradigm of this is that still my light is better than your light. My light's brighter than your light. Your light is so very dim and powerless, whereas mine is so beautiful. It continually baffles me how human beings fight amongst themselves for supremacy of love. My love's better than your love. In actual fact, we are all the same. All that matters, however, to human beings at this present time is to stand on someone else's shoulders and see if they can see a greater horizon. All that it means is that you can see a little bit further around the planet, perhaps but not a greater horizon. To stand on your own feet is the best horizon you can see. If you need a better horizon, go climb a mountain. The best situation I can sense, feel and understand within every fiber of my being is to learn to love without condition, without exception. Love is the key. That is all that you need to progress. No DNA will change that, whether you think you have two or four strands or five or six. 
11-strand DNA. That will be a thing. Let's talk about that. And then perhaps some people will want to aspire to it. Invention is one mother that has many babies. Hmm. I think there's talk where they say that if you suddenly get more strands of DNA, then you have the ability to bilocate or you know, to have telekinesis or to have all these kind of amazing psychic abilities. I mean, do we need DNA strands to do that? Or is that something that we can do regardless, but we've kind of forgotten how to do it? DNA is DNA. It's fixed, actually. So for people who think in terms of, I can do this, I can get my DNA wand and straighten out this person's DNA, or even create new DNA strands for this person so that they become a more enlightened and enloved being. That is in the mind. That is a, uh, what would happen would be that many other people on your side of life would actually think that the energy that they are creating is, um, in a sense, non-existent. So the, the whole point of this, in a sense, of you having a physical life is for you to sort yourselves out. Is for you, when you're having a physical life, to really understand, to get to grow with the history in your making and to understand the past histories of the planet so that you don't make the same mistakes as has previously been recorded. Now, previously recorded have been the many different conditions whereby people have taken it upon themselves to think outlandish statements about all kinds of things. And then with the habit of hindsight and science, each situation when brought about in a contained environment which is isolated, cold, frigid, perhaps, maybe, some people might say, but ultimately, as a blank canvas, that is where you have to lay out the platform of what you are doing. So if you are saying that by having or waving a wand over some person, human being, and saying that you have now changed their DNA strand from two to three or four or five, you will have to bring the evidence to it. The actual physical evidence that such a case has been modified. And that means that you are not perceiving what DNA structure actually is. It's the blueprint to what you exist as as a physical being. So in other words, if you are going to change the DNA strand of your whole fiber, that means every single cell will change and alter. Because you have changed the historic and ancestral structure of your DNA, the makeup of your physical carbon unit. That means that your face will alter, means that your skin will change. Yes, don't be mistaken by the radiation of the beauty within coming through it as a precept to your uh, remarks of perhaps that by waving the little wand over the physical body that has somehow magnetically changed or altered the DNA structure of the being that is the client or patient.
the situation is always continuously inherent within a physical organism. The way of changing DNA is by mixing it with other DNA. The way of adding a branch here or a branch there is simply by the causal effects of XY chromosomes and other events not normally held within the, uh, the environmental cursor within that life. DNA changes from different introductions of different states which are physical not non-physical DNA, uh, DNA structural alterations that are brought about by a wand or some kind of crystal, crystalline magic that then enhances it or superimposes itself upon the DNA structure. Okay, but moving on to another question. Yes. Um, basically, a question related to the last show. Gregory mentioned that with the ability to be aware of other dimensions, that the blinkers would come off and we would see how to get free energy from water and the like. Yes. Are any humans yet able to see, sense these other dimensions and will all humans eventually be able to see or sense them? Are some ETs able to take advantage of these other dimensions for travel or other purposes? Yes. Uh, sometimes those of other nature else from elsewhere within the universe are able to uh, use these different dimensions in order to travel from one place to another. That's why we talk about ultra-terrestrial beings. The point is uh, that these sometimes use different units of uh, uh, dimensional state in order to facilitate their withdrawal from one dimension or another or to enhance their, their presence within it. These are not multidimensional beings as such. These are beings who have learnt to manipulate dimensional state. So, in other words, can human beings manipulate uh, dimensional state? Not as a tool, but many of you are able to immerse yourselves into different dimensional states. Why do you think it is that you communicate with your spirit or those of other beings? So that's part of what you're actually doing. You have to remember also that your own spirits are, in fact, continuously in our side of life. Your spirit never comes to the physical side. It's just there by approximation. So everyone's spirit who is now presently having a physical journey is somewhere near or around or attached to the proximity of the solar plexus of your physical organism. So that means to say that your spirit is in proximity to you, roundabout, thereabouts, and that at times when that spirit entity is in some way compromised by other energies on our side of life, or that you are compromised by energies on your side of life, different reactions occur. So in other words, you are already four-dimensional entities. It's just a matter of your perception as to whether you can accept it or not, and how you can then open the door to make changes, or to increase that reality, or to enable that reality to then uh, create effect for you as a positive change, not as a negative one. 
So that is then dependent upon your mindset. And it doesn't mean to say that just because you are a being living in physical life and that you have emerging dream states or different kinds of out-of-body experience reality and that what actually happens to you is that when you let go, you actually go, but your physical body remains, but your consciousness presence and your spirit are journeying somewhere else, still tethered, of course, by the etheric bead. And it means to say that whatever journeys you perceive of at that time aren't necessarily to be registered in the here and now, in the physical vehicle, because they can be at times for other situations and events of possibility outside of your present physical life. So don't think that everything that you dream up or everything that emerges to you or is a part of you, every kind of nuance or sensation is actually for the here and now. It isn't. Part of it is for the continuous understanding of your pure and beautiful spirit in relation to your present physical journey and how that may make manifest within your journey is a matter of time ordinance of whether it's pertinent to your journey at this present time and how exactly that can bring effect, whether beneficial in respect of latent energies which are positive and probable within the conscious living state and within the physical life journey, thereby enhancing it by creating other energies and other efficacies, or whether it's something that is just not spurious, but simply as is. And means that you don't necessarily concentrate upon it right now for the here and now, but that it may be something that's presented in the future, whereby more information is garlanded by those on our side of life or by others from other extremities. So do humans have the ability at some point in the future, um, obviously being aware of other dimensions, and many people are, um, that you said through psychic ability. Yes. Um, will be no, will the human race be able to use that ability um, in a scientific sense, though, as well, to push us forward as a species? Yes. You know. Yes, I hope so, my dear friend, and I would really sincerely hope so. And it's in the typical situation. If you go to an ashram or some other kind of, of contiguous unit of people whereby they all think not exactly the same, but they're all very loving and very giving to one another in a very communal setting, then you are going to have people who create abundant, vibrant energy with a purpose for love, with a purpose that creates a different energy uh, in a sense that then enables those people to ride on that energy. It's exactly the same as if you were going to Stansted uh, Hall or whether you were going to some other kind of spirit retreat or spiritualization uh, situation, that when you are dealing with that empathy unit of actually meditating together and empowering one another with your energy as a combined force, that means that it can become something that should be able to be quantified, understood and measured, most certainly pictured as well, because the energy that emanates from such a body light of beings means that you are actually transferring that energy into a physical reality, because people can feel it. They walk into the room, even if they've got their eyes shut or they can never see, perhaps because they're blind, they would actually feel that energy. It would just hit them as soon as they opened the door or even outside of the building, 
coming to a place, perhaps like uh, some place that you come to when maybe let's say that you were a blind person and you were brought to uh, a place like Glastonbury, and that you were taken up upon the tour. You weren't you weren't actually told where you were, but you, you would actually feel magnetically a difference because it's a different placement upon the earth. And it has a certain collection because of the energies who existed there before. That is exactly、mm. the same. So basically, in string theory, they talk about extra dimensions. Are they talking about the same sort of dimensions that you know we realise as、um, you know other levels of vibration? You know where spirit and other beings, ultra, may, may live. Yes, absolutely. So But the point is that the the string. The string theory situation is just a little part of it. It's not the whole of it. It's just an interconnected tissue. Okay, fantastic.、Um, just a couple of more before we we end.、Uh, yes. This is,、uh, I think, a, a video that's gone sort of viral on the internet, and it was、um, covered on some mainstream sites as well. So just a, I think it's just quite interesting to get your feel on it. You may not know the answer in this show, but we can always、uh, defer it if you don't. But yes, basically, while while watching the DVD for Charlie Chaplin. Film called the Circus. An Irish filmmaker spotted a woman who appears to be using a mobile phone 50 years before their invention.、Um, I mean, basically, if you look in the clip, this woman is walking along with her hand up to her ear, talking, and then turns around and looks at the camera. So I don't know if you know the answer to that, whether it's a really a time traveller or maybe an advanced human or someone with a gadget that's way beyond the years. It's quite an intriguing video. Yes, I understand. I am not familiar with it myself, and everyone else here is actually shaking their heads at this present time, and、uh, is quite mystified. So <laughs> looks as though you have beaten us, my dear friend, and that we will have to go see. Okay, okay. And one one last question, and you've pretty much answered this in many of the other shows. Yes. And this is quite a wide. Questions. I'm not quite sure how you can answer this. Anyway,、anyway. um, but I'll give you an, a question anyway. So the question is, okay, what is the role extraterrestrial beings are presently playing in the development of the human race and the Earth? It is multi-tracked. So there are some who are benevolent and others who are malevolent for their own devices and their own uses. I am not going to expound upon which is which or whom is what. The situation is that when one courts with one energy, one has to understand why is it this energy wants to be in this position. If you have not solicited it, that connection, then how can it be that another energy comes to your vibration? And in a sense, commandeers your sight, your advances, your way of observation. That is what generally tends to be somewhat spurious to myself, and for others on our side of life, that we worry over、uh, many of these states of interference, because. When anyone says, "Oh well, this is a very benevolent race, 
uh, they really love. Uh, they have a great deal of love and admiration for the human race and etc., etc. I don't believe a word of it. Purely and simply because the human race has not actually, as a race, identified themselves as a loving being. That is the gift of some of you. Some of you beautiful beings with beautiful minds. With beautiful love within you. That is genuine. And for many who are still warlike, who are still, in a sense, in a land of ignorance, wish it to remain that way, and are still hostile brethren to one another, trying to usurp one another's religious belief and occupation. So I have to say, my dear friend, when an energy says that they are benevolent and they come from some other life form, then it means to me that they are actually there for some other reason, which is not in your best interest. There's a TV show called The Event at the moment, which seems to suggest that there's human-like ETs in Alaska or on the planet. Just wondered, are there ETs that look exactly like humans? that are kind of scattered across the um, galaxy, if you like, that look very similar like us, or even on the Earth today, walking amongst us? I understand that there are some, yes, who are very similar in this way. You can usually tell them by their eyes. Uh, the condition of many, however, are that they tend to be much thinner. Uh, they tend to be, not all, of course, they tend to be uh, slightly taller, depending on what group it is and where they are from. The inhabitants usually is about to do with uh, engaging in human reality and then creating offspring from that to enable, therefore, that offspring to be reprogrammed don't forget as well that many beings on your side of life, although still an insignificant number in relation to the number of human beings currently living upon the planet, have actually been re-augmented, in a sense, by others from other worlds to give them their gifts of spirit or for whatever uh, reason or cursor that they have brought about. So there are many different some would say advantages to uh, being in league with aliens, that you would be granted many gifts and benefits of spirit by doing so. For some and for others, it becomes like a, I suppose, a kind of a, a worrisome state, purely and simply because with DNA, you are not quite sure as to exactly what bits and what strands of DNA carry what properties to what advantage? And how do you know when it is fully going to surface? Hmm. Okay. I mean, just in the last show, we, we spoke about Julian Assange and the WikiLeaks. Yes. And, um, and obviously since then, he's been pursued by uh, 
you know the powers that be really so it kind of um in a way it's a, it seems like a good thing because uh obviously he is um treading on the toes of certain people so i just hope that um he really is a true whistleblower and it does seem to be the case doesn't it yes i um, yes quite so i feel my dear friend that his actual uh, state is really one of honor i have to say and I find his energy and his reasoning is just simply that he is trying to be truthful hmm. and wishes for others to do the same. Now, I understand the process of this and then the ensuing state of when you are actually providing or, or, or creating, publishing information which actually should remain secret because it can then endanger other people's lives is really, I understand that energy and the necessity perhaps for some of that to be the case. But that for many of the pieces, it's really just in a sense of the real minds of those who are walk, walking in the corridors of power have real opinions about other uh, leaders, world leaders and other peoples who have opinions which are perhaps um, like a foregone conclusion to their own subjects. And this is simply saying that black really is black and white really is white. Hmm. Well, long may it continue, I really hope, because the truth needs to be told and uh, and hopefully it'll start an avalanche of truth. So, Yes, it does need to be told. If mm. not, uh, however, I understand the difficulties of this because at last it was that the, that the various different parties and departments in the Americas were actually talking to one another uh, post the 9-11 situation and with this situation um, now unleashed by Mr. Assange, then, then perhaps it will become that they shut up shop mm. and that they stop talking to one another, whereby allowing more infrastructural breakdown and more chaos ensuing by religious fanatics. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's just hope that... Um you know the truth and the best foot forward is really you know place to yes. lead us into a better future really oh, so absolutely so my dear friend ian and i i give love to all of those we all do to all of those who strive for freedom of thought of mind and condition and walk of life we bless yep. you all we bless you all okay well, thank you very much for that edition of the uh, show, Gregory, and the White Cloud Group. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, you've answered some fantastic questions there that people have sent in, and I thank you all for uh, taking part in the show. And I wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yes, with love and light and healing gifts of thought and love to each and every one of you. Thank, thank you so very much. God bless. God bless. If you would like to book your own personal reading with Gregory to find out about your own soul journey, then please visit the graphic banner underneath the show or visit www.spirit-teaching.com. <laughs>